Welcome to Talent Takeover Unfiltered. When it comes to working hard and keeping it real, we know our shit. Self-care, happiness, inner peace, and time. I'm Brianna Rooney, and this is Taylor Bradley. Hey, y'all. And we have thrived in chaos and turned it into an art form. So, Taylor, what are we doing here today? We're here to give you a raw, under-the-hood view of all things recruiting and finally give credit where credit is due to a long, underrated industry that's full of, quote-unquote, experts. All right. Well, then let's take this show to the road. <laughs> hey, Talent Takeover Unfiltered. We're already laughing right now because we should have actually just recorded what we just talked about. So thank you all for listening and watching on the Millionaire Recruiter YouTube channel. We are here with Aaron Wilson, the CEO of Team.ai. What up, Aaron? What up, Taylor? How are we doing? <laughs> good, good. How's it going, Aaron? Hey, I'm just out here living my dream. <laughs> living your best life. <laughs> All right, so I am beyond jazz to talk about this because it's confrontational. I mean, it's just controversial and confrontational, I guess, but um, it's shit hiring manager sucks. Um, this is going to tangent in all different direction because who even knows what's going to come out of our mouths right now, but we've been in the business for a long time. No one ever knows what we do, so we're here to talk about it. So thank you so much, Aaron. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, thanks so much for having having me here. It's exciting to get to to speak with you two. Uh, phenomenal leaders in the space and just continue to disrupt, you know, one conversation at a time. Ooh, I like Thank that. You. That could be a tagline. Yes. Ooh, yes. God, she'll tell me more about us. Um, <laughs> no, just kidding. But um, so what made you pick the topic, should hiring managers say? Uh, you know, I'm a truth teller. Uh, I've been in this industry far too long. I read a lot of online and blogs and LinkedIn. Most of it isn't true. So when I get the chance to speak up, um, that's what I want to do is just talk about the truth. You know, take, take a second to get it out there for anyone who cares enough to listen. Is there a certain story or something that happened that inspired this or how you want to get into this topic? Basically, well, everything you said before. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know... First of all, I'm the founder of Team AI. We're a little recruiting technology company. You know, we're really excited about what we're building. It's for recruiters, you know, so we're building, I just view it as the Iron Man suit for recruiters. Um, no gender offense intended there, but it's, um, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun. And over the last four years, in order to build it, we've done a lot of recruiting work for companies along the way. Um, some close to 500 hires delivered across over 60 companies. So one of the things that, um, I'm constantly thinking about is the market, the hiring manager, you know, the can experience and those different perspectives. One of the things that drives me either nuts or motivates me to <laughs> think about it are, is just the, the repetition that we run into in the recruiting industry, you know, and yeah. hearing the same thing over and over again. And, um, even hearing that, that hiring managers want different outcomes, but then seeing the same behavior, right. Mm -hmm. From former partners time and time again. It's just something I've just seen for years and started to take more and more interest on how can I actually communicate better? Um, what can I actually do to change some of the things I hear coming at me? Because it's bullshit, some of it. And um, so, yeah, so that's where a lot of this comes from is just I've been in the weeds, you know, never stopped and want to keep changing, changing the way we're perceived as recruiters, really my personal mission. Mm hmm. Nice. We are aligned there. That's exactly like our mission, uh, trying to change the way the world views recruiting. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, it's, it's, and it's fucking massive because it's not just going to take us. So it's going to, it has to take everyone as a whole, which is why we wanted to get into training. And here's what's funny on subject here is we were super jazzed because we put together a really robust hiring manager training program. And we're like, oh, this is going to sell like hotcakes because we hear all the time that that's the struggle. Like, right. 
and it's like crickets because they don't want to take they actually don't want to take the time to get involved and to understand what actually happens in recruiting. Yeah. They can move the needle so much and they choose not to. All I mean, you, you hit it on the head, Brad. And most of my works with startups too. And, you know, and this is one of my pet peeves. It's you hear in investment firms, you read the blogs, they talk about, you know, how can we advise startup founders better? And as a recruiting leader, you know, how can you teach startup founders? And I hate to, I hate to be the, the party pooper here, but founders don't give a shit about recruiting. No. They don't want to be educated. They don't want to get better at it. And frankly, that's not their job. You know, especially in the early stage startups, they have other responsibilities like uh, building a product that has product market fit, raising capital to continue growing that product. You know, so they have other things to worry about than the first couple hires. Um, so I think that that's to, to put us in that position as recruiters is already putting us in a box we don't fit in. We're not wanted there, right? And and I think that's again coming back to what you said, Brianna. Who are we in the market? Yeah. Does the market know what recruiters do? I mean, Taylor, Taylor, Brianna, does your family even know what you do? Not at no. all. No, no clue. I mean, it's crazy. I've had brothers. I have many younger brothers. More than one of them has called me to tell me after the job search. <laughs> right? You know, <laughs> hey, yes, do you think I did good? You know, it's like. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. That's right. I have my sister right now who calls and she's like, hey, yeah, so I'm actually going to be up for a new position and it's in sales and I can make a lot more money and all these things. I'm like, Lindsay, well, where's your resume? I got to take a look at it. We got to practice. I got to, you know, you have never had a sales interview before. I got to hit you with that. And she was like, no, like I, I, I'm, I'm good. Like I, I'm good with interviews. She calls me the next day and she was like in tears practically. And she was like, I'm such an idiot. I don't know what I was thinking. They asked me all these questions and it wasn't supposed to be a real interview. It was just supposed to be a get to know me. I'm like, girl, like I, I told you, like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it's always a real interview. Uh, always a real interview. Like, yeah, out of here. I do this for a living. Damn it. That's right. <laughs> right. Well, and this, I like this phrase, uh, information asymmetry. Okay. Mm -hmm. And information asymmetry, what does it mean? It means all the information on one side. And that is what the hiring process is, right? The, the hiring team, the enterprise, they always have all the information. And mm -hmm. it's, it creates this really crazy power dynamic in the interview. And really, we all coach, so I love this, this thread between us. When I'm talking to someone who's a very senior project manager, this is somebody who's making $180,000 a year managing multi-million dollar projects. And now they're talking about getting into an interview and they don't, they don't know how to tie their shoes, <laughs> right? And yeah. the simple idea to remind them, hey, if you were a project manager and you had that hat on and someone took you in the room and said, hey, I want you to manage this multi-million dollar project, what would you do? And they immediately start driving the conversation, right? Oh, I would need to know X, Y, Z, budget, timeline, dude, risk, opportunity. I'm like, great, keep that hat on when you go into the interview. Yeah. I want you to be as prepared. I want you to be as structured, right? I want you to drive. And you should see the light bulb switch that all of a sudden that they can continue to be themselves in those interviews. But it takes prep and it takes that that insight and that information that most job seekers don't have. Not not to go on a tangent there, but that's yeah. you know, you get really passionate when you talk about coaching, coaching the job seeker. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah and the coaching and like the ways in which we can assist people doesn't just stop at like we can help you get the interview. We can help coach you for the interview. We can help you negotiate a better offer, too, you know. And I think about that with my friends and family and stuff. I'm like, ah, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you know? 
I could have helped you like really go in there and negotiate in a tactful way. We all know there's boundaries you can and can't push and, you know, read the room and all that good stuff. But yeah, I think it's, I think of it kind of like, although I, I get we're not doctors, but I think about like, if you know you needed a dermatologist and you had somebody in your family that was a dermatologist, would you not hit them up? You know, so it's so crazy <laughs> that people don't view recruiting. It's a good one. Yeah. Like they don't, they don't hit us up like that, even though, you know, this is exactly what we do. We can tell you there, it is a, like to your point, Brianna, it's a real interview. It's always a real interview. It's not ever a get to know you. It doesn't stop there, Taylor. I mean, you know, what we've seen in our experience is that once they take the job, they still could use our expertise, right? Absolutely. Yeah. If you're thinking about your six month review, when you get to your six month review, you're missing the opportunity, right? Totally. Just coming back to like what we do as recruiters, then- don't get me wrong. There's different skill levels. There's different industries, but I'm talking about trained, skilled, expert recruiters. We've been in the field for a decade or two. We're not salespeople. This drives me nuts when I hear folks simplify what we do. Like they put our expertise into their understanding box and I'm not cool with it. Okay. I'm not a salesperson. I'm not selling you. I literally solve problems. I'm a logic oriented engineer more than anything who solves problems for people. I don't sell. Two, I'm not a marketer. Mm-hmm. I understand content marketing and readability and all of those things are very cool, but I'm not an expert at them. I have friends who are expert at those. They are chief marketing officers. I am not a marketer. If you want to compare me to anything, call me a product manager because what I feel my job is at the end of the day is to listen more than I talk, hear what people say, and then actually build and ship what they want, what they need in their career or they need in their team. So that's the part that I just want to come back to is like, Again, whether it's the job search, the offer they're negotiating, the six-month review, we are so much more multidimensional than the market gives us credit. Yeah, sure. And it's because people don't want to ever understand what we do, yet we are the single most important thing to any organization. Yeah, but we're not at the table all the time. I mean, this is, you know, the the paradigm shift, it was growing and then it got killed, right? Remember, there was no TA 15 years ago. It's only HR and HR had 13 responsibilities and recruiting was number 13. Mm-hmm. And then over the last 10 years, it kind of moved up and moved up. And even it got to the point where everyone realized it doesn't make sense to have a strong recruiting function under HR. Yep. So almost, almost beget its own seat at the table. And now the market just crushed the, crushed the industry. So, yep. you know, that whole movement is dead now. And, and the question sort of becomes for, the, for those of us still in the industry, and I think you two are leading the way by continuing to iterate and be agile yourselves. Look at you running this business. It's so phenomenal. But it's what does the next generation of recruiters do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the question we have to answer. Sure, it starts with who we are as people, but we get paid for what we do. Mm-hmm. We can't confuse that, right? So what are we going to do in the next 10 or 20 years to continue being the most valuable function in the organization? Mm-hmm. I completely agree with you, Brianna. But we cannot sit and wait to retain that seat at the table because we never were given it in the first place and they're not going to give it to us now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. I've got two. I've got two big ones. So I'm wondering what question I want to ask you first, but I'm going to go with layoffs. You know, obviously we talk about everyone wants to be people first. We saw that trend, right? Well, we let our people team go like very quickly without even thinking about it very well, nearly in my opinion. But with layoffs, don't you think that if they let the recruiting team at the table and we were really allowed to push hiring managers to think, to really say, hey, why do you need this person? What are they doing three months, six months, nine months, a year? What are they bringing to the table? If we were allowed to really push that and be that strategic um, you know, 
seat at the table, I feel like maybe there wouldn't be as many layoffs because we can get that. We understand that. So do you think, do you agree with that? Do you want to push that, push me back in my seat here? What, what, what do you think? What's your thought process? Ish. I mean, first of all, I have all kinds of thoughts about the layoffs. So I'm glad you, you threw it out, but I, I just think it's a lot of problems. So I wouldn't boil in, you know, into one. I do agree with you. I think recruiting at the, just being more data driven in your recruiting is going to solve that problem. You know, the, the data sets I have access to say structured interviewing reduces attrition by more than 50%. Just let that sink in for a second. I mean, imagine if you could cut the attrition in the world by half, yeah. just implementing an interview guide. That's the reality of the situation, right? So right there is just start there. Um, also training recruiters, actually making them good at their job, actually empowering them to identify compatibility and, you know, understanding cultural development, not focusing on fit, but cultural additions. All these things I think could move the needle. I have a, I have a little bit of cynicism for our peers though. And beyond Taylor, I'll say it here because I've said it so many times. Going back many years, five, six years, I talked to our friends and I'd say, look guys, this market's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. There's too many of us making too much money. And from where I sit, there ain't enough skills to go around. And I'm not saying that to pick on anyone, but just when you have a pool of talent, there's a, there's a distribution curve in that talent, in the skills. And as the money was going up and up, it was really obvious that there was a correction coming. And so yeah, 100%. let's say there is a chunk of recruiters that were laid off that I think enjoyed the ride the last few years and should be really thinking about something else now going forward. And I don't have, I don't feel bad about that. I think that's, you know, but for, for those of us who got, who really gave our heart and soul and, and worked a hundred hours a week and all the things, you know, that poured into that, we absolutely deserve a seat at the table, but we're, they're not going to give it to us. But I'm, I'm watching us. We're all taking it right now. Slowly but surely, you're seeing new technology being built. You're seeing talent leaders starting their own businesses because they refuse to work for one founding team any, any further, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, they refuse to believe one story anymore. Um, they want all the data. They want to make the decision for themselves. And at the end of the day, they want to bet on themselves. And that's what I'm seeing in the industry that has me so fired up, right? Yeah. Like betting on ourselves. Ooh, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. I just got chills in everything you said, because that's exactly what we're doing with the millionaire recruiter program. Yeah. Like exactly what you said, Aaron, people are wanting to go work for themselves. They're wanting to bet on themselves. So we're seeing an influx of people through this market where all these recruiters have been let go. Um, I, I kind of view it like we're just kind of thrown out with the trash. You know, like we were all the rage, what, a year and a half ago, we were seeing salaries, recruiters commanding salaries I've never seen in my Which years saying, of recruiting. Right. Not sustainable. Not sustainable. So we all, all of us that have been in the industry, to your point, Aaron, knew this was coming, like knew that that would, but I love to see where exactly what you said, like, what are we going to do next? All of these people are coming and we're seeing just a chunk of them through starting the millionaire recruiter program. They want to start their own agencies. They're ready to work for themselves. And I think that's really powerful. That's incredible. That's a shift that we're seeing on our side, but I'd love to see kind of what you're seeing. Well, I just want to say, I don't actually mean this in a competitive way because I think there's far too much competition in the market between recruiting and hiring teams and not nearly enough collaboration. I I just, amen. community over competition all day, every day, but I do love the innovation that's fostered from competitive spirit. So don't, you know, I, I like the both, but you know, what I'm, what I'm not seeing is just the, the acknowledgement that if recruiting just stops depending on the hiring team, watch what happens, right? Like everyone's so worried about 
taking care of themselves because we have to, because we have to pay bills, because we have to feed, provide for our families, our kids, that we can't even breathe for a second. But if we, if we, if everyone had the opportunity to just breathe for a moment, what recruiters would realize is that you have everything you need on your desk already. You already have the network. You already have the skills. You already have the know-how to put it all together to go build a team to generate revenue, right? And it, I just had this dream of the recruiting, like the critical mass of change agents that we are collectively taking a step back from the tech industry and just saying, okay, do it on your own then for a while. Literally, like you guys told us, you got it, right? Automation solves all the problems. AI's here, Chad GPT, put me out of a job. Watch you take Indeed and LinkedIn and Greenhouse and Gem and whatever else you want to take. And you go fill all the jobs in the world. And for like, we'll go on vacation for six months. Brianna, Taylor, and I will go to Hawaii for six months. Okay. We'll come back and then we'll see how you guys do. And and I'll make a deal with you. If you if you do it all, I'll never do recruiting ever again. I'll, I'll go sell coffees, you know, on the street. Uh-huh. But if you can't do it all, you'll stop challenging me all the time when I walk in the room and you'll start respecting my experience like I respect yours. Because mm-hmm. I have never once in my entire career critiqued a line of code. So true. Not one time. Not one time. Have I taken a code repo from a junior engineer and put it on Twitter to embarrass them? Uh-huh. In front of you. They are you. Well, I was afraid that I'm a single-ended recruiter who has to send 5,000 messages because my team doesn't know how to resource me, and I made a human error on one of those, and you got it. I'm sorry. You know? Like, don't get me started. Yeah. It, it took all of my beans. So the other day on LinkedIn, God, LinkedIn's getting noisy and weird, right? But um, this person just whined about how this recruiter ghosted them. I'm like, you don't see recruiters talking about how candidates ghost us on a regular basis. There was a trend, what, about a year ago when everyone was like, could be just such divas in the, in you know, in the job market. And we would see people ghost when they got an offer from a company. Mm-hmm. It's like, you don't see me posting that on LinkedIn and, you know, whining about it, but we see all this bad stuff. And I'm like, nope, not going there, Brianna. Don't, don't touch it. <laughs> We'll just move forward. It is what it is, you know? Um, Yeah. But I actually, I did talk to Taylor. This was back in October where I was like, maybe it's time to walk away. Like, maybe we do pause. Maybe we do go six months and a year. And I very much had a real conversation with her. I remember it vividly. Um, We were at actually Inc. 5000. You know, I was like, woo, you know, we made it again. But I'm like, I'm ready to walk away. Like, this is, this is obscene to me. This is crazy. And some, and Yeah. Oh, well, okay. So, you know, I've been in, I've been in tech for a long time. I'm the last 14 years and I call it sexy tech, right? Cause you know, it's cool stuff. Um, and it's fun and it's been great. And then again, like, oh my God, Fang and, you know, and Fang adjacent, it's like, they're crumbling. So fuck, we all got to crumble, right? Like, why wouldn't we just follow them? Why are we following them? We already, we already saw all this shit go down at, after COVID, right? I thought we learned. I thought that was that moment that we learned and we didn't, we didn't at all. And we've seen definitely like ebbs and flows, right? But this one, this one was intense. And so I was telling Taylor, who we, we call her a renaissance recruiter because it's like non-tech, right? So it's like tech or non-tech, right? That's not cool. So we call her renaissance. But I'm like, I'm, I'm ready to leave tech altogether. Like, I'm cool. Like, let's, let, let's get out of here. Like, this is nuts. Like, no one gives a shit at the end of the day. Like, I've tried so hard. <laughs> yeah, let me motivate you to get out, Brianna. I, I, I think it's this. I think it's this simple, truly. The people who figured out recruiting were big tech, specifically Fang, right? They're the only companies that invested purely in recruiting the last five, 10 years are, are the big Fang companies. They're the only ones. They'll never do it again. 
They did it once. They learned as much as they could. They built a bunch of tools. They'll never build it that big ever again in big tech. So whatever, take all the number of recruiters in Fang maybe two years ago or something, whatever the peak number was, that is now the ceiling. You'll never see that number again. It's only going to go down from there. And the software tools are now going to start picking up. Mm-hmm. So, and the Fang companies are going to take, they're just going to clean us out. Amazon already did it. They've already, you know, used AI to replace a chunk of their recruiting team. Now, I'm not afraid of it replacing us. Agreed. I'm saying to the market as a whole, if you're not paying attention to those trends and you're applying to those companies, you're not paying attention. You need to be, go to go apply at startups. Go apply at mid-stage, mid-stage, 500 to 1,000, 500 to 3,000. You know, if you have 3,000 employees, that means you're going to have to hire 300 plus every year just to keep the lights on, okay? They got to have a recruiting team of three to five people at least. So it's just like, those are the places that can be safe for a year or two right now if you need stability or you need safety. Mm-hmm. But looking to big tech for signal or following them is a death march. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Wow. Yeah. So true. And I think, I mean, we've talked about this before, but you can still do tech in other industries. Yeah. You know, one of our biggest and best clients and truly best in in the partnership and they pay their bills. They do collaborate with us. They treat us like a partner, which I know is like unheard of. And they're in healthcare. And we fill everything for them and to include tech. And so it's like, go and find, you can still do if that's just your passion, because we all know Brianna loves tech, but it's like tech exists in other industries too. It doesn't have to just be, you know, sexy tech or the fang companies or whatever, but. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And we're, I mean, I mean, one of our, one of our customers is uh, a money manager, you know, but we, but we fill tech roles in the CEO's office. Right. So mm-hmm. That's how I'm, I'm using my Brianna DNA to, to work with a financial services company. I would never view them as a tech company uh-huh. at all. Yeah. Uh, similarly, uh, we have white labeled our software to other staffing firms and individual leaders to run their own businesses. You know, one of our best partners is a hospitality staffing firm. Mm-hmm. And it's the best of both worlds, Taylor, because they have, they're the front of the house and they have all the contracts and they have all the know-how on the distribution side. Mm-hmm. And you have all the leverage and the tooling and all the know-how on the big scale side. So when you put those two together and you don't compete, it's a beautiful thing, you know, yeah. to your point. So we're seeing, we are seeing that. And in fact, one of our one of our newest customers is a two-sided marketplace for nurses mm-hmm. that just raised $80 million from Sequoia. So our industry is still very healthy, very alive. Recruiting in the tech industry is will never be the same, you know? But- I think at a, at a large scale, and just to tie this off, tech tech industry only accounts for two percent of the labor market. So you just got to think, you know, if, if staffing is a five to six hundred billion dollar annual market, and the tech industry is only two percent of labor, even if it accounted for a disproportionate amount of that revenue, there's still hundreds of billions of dollars circling the globe every year. And if you're a skilled recruiter, you can be able to reach up and grab it, but you got to put your mind to it. I think that's you know, and I'll just wrap up on this note. I, I'm seeing a lot of indecision from my friends and my peers mm. for the but, first time, for the first time, actually, too. The best of the best asking themselves, what do I do for the very first time? Because that's that weird out there, right? Yeah. My answer is like, don't freeze. Whatever you do, don't freeze. It's okay to take a break, take a pause, but get back to work. You got to work, work consistently, keep learning about yourself, keep learning about the market, you know, but don't, don't get paralyzed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like yeah, that a lot of a lot of people are doing that. Yeah, I feel like that might have been your broke to boss tip without you even knowing it. I think that's really great advice. Don't freeze. Don't paralyze. Um, but unless you have one, because we're running up on time. But do you have a broke to boss tip, or is that 
did you leave us with that? Because I'm I wrote that down. That's good shit right there. I mean, I I think that'll work. I just I'll say selfishly, you know, because TMI is a, a, a newer platform, it's very innovative. I mean, not to self-proclaim it, but it's just different. It's new, and I understand it has a learning curve. I've met with so many recruiters and and onboarded quite a few. And my analogy is this: I'm meeting with all of my peers, and I feel like quite crudely, where most of them are sitting there in grass skirts and spears in, in the middle of a war right now, that they can't win, but they're fighting. Yeah. And I'm trying, and I'm offering a new weapon. I hate to use the weapon analogy, but I'm like, put down your spear, use this suit that I built you, this Iron Man suit. Mm-hmm. And, and they literally can't. You know, they're like, I want to, Aaron, but I'm fending for my life right now, right? I'm trying to kill the only rabbit that I see. I don't want to miss habit, you know, because there's eight of us with a spear right now trying to hunt the one rabbit. And and I just, it feels, it sucks to feel that in my peers, actually, because we, I just, it, you know, the competition has never felt like we were competing against ourselves that way. That's yeah. Me. And I don't know why, because we're the only ones who care about ourselves. I just, hey, again, I hate to be so woo-woo at the end, but it's like, they're, the hiring teams are never going to care as much about what we do as we do. So true. This yeah. is the time when we have to be strong as a community and remember that and just keep picking each other up. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll woohoo a little bit because I actually have noticed, and this is just recent, I would say in the last three months or so, I have noticed that some of the some of my peers that I know were kind of kumbayaing and being like, hey, let's make a community, right? Like, why can't we just have one mega thing? You know, yeah, you got Corn Fairy up there. Sure, that's fine. But why don't we have like some really just badass agency owners? Like we all have our niche, right? That's the whole point. We just kind of grab hands and be like, hey, let's just hold strong. Like, let's be strategic, not transactional. Let's just keep preaching. And, and yeah, some people listen, some people don't. But if we stop, like you said, if you just freeze, it's never going to get out there. It's never going to be better. Yeah. So right. either either you leave or you keep fighting and you keep going on. Right. Yeah. Ugh. <sighs> I, could, I could sit here yeah. forever. <laughs> this is good. Thank you yeah. so much for joining us, Aaron. This yeah. is awesome. So obviously now we uh, we need a good old fashioned demo of this team AI because I, I, I want I, I freaking love Iron Man. Yeah. I want to be I want to be Iron Woman. Like what? What's that? I want in the suit. I want to wear the suit. We can do that. I I can't help that. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. is one of my one of my crushes. So you know, yeah. that's that's what I was thinking when you were saying that. I will have having a moment. That's an interesting crush. Uh, this is awesome. Again, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to all of our listeners. Um, we're here every Tuesday. Brianna, anything you want to? Bye. No. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Have a good one.